Hello and welcome to the podcast on Fire on God of War. And Vincent Chow and Sammo Hong take on Japanese pirates led by Yasuaki Kurata in Gordon Chan's mainland epic. And that's not only the sole movie review of this episode, but I'm the only one here. So this has come about, I suppose, uh, because there's a slight need. There's a slight need of fulfilling the recording calendar. But... It's also a chance to continue, it's sporadic, but to continue to try out recording solo. Recording solo, it's always a struggle against self-awareness and hearing yourself talk and thinking if that makes a good show or not. But I don't sit on uh, such uh, instincts, such creative instincts and dismiss them. I'd rather just uh, do and if it is unfit for release, then obviously it won't get released. But I'm fairly confident in that I can deliver a decent show at the very at the very least uh, solo. So uh, I'm I'm not sure it's going to be common as such. Um, but uh, hey, if I like the idea of uh, recording solo again, then again I'm not sitting on that instinct, and neither should you if you have uh, an instinct brewing in you, and especially when it comes to productivity and creativity there's usually not you know bad news written all over a creative instincts just uh, just do man you might surprise yourself and uh, you might uh, feel um, very fulfilled when reflecting back on the fact that you conceived and executed but nevertheless I hope you enjoy the solo reviewing style in the case of this episode and I might uh, throw in some uh, general notes and stories of what's uh, been watched uh, lately. But uh, first, uh, some brief contact information. This is Kenny B, and uh, you are listening to Podcast on Fire on the Podcast on Fire Network, our flagship show that covers Hong Kong cinema, new and old. In this case, mainland cinema by Hong Kong filmmakers and players to an extent. And we are located on podcastonfire.com. You'll find this show and other shows on, for instance, Japanese cinema, Korean cinema, sleazy cinema. We have an a co- concluded series on these uh, Richard Harrison ninja movies by Godfrey Ho and the likes called The Golden Ninja Podcast. We do audio commentaries every now and again, bonus episodes, and what have you. So I hope you find something that is to your liking and if you check the top of the website there are some handy buttons leading to our presence on social media such as facebook click that logo you'll get to our page once you're on facebook feel free to join the discussion group that's called podcast on fire network we'll post show updates and discuss various things on there it's a very friendly group so join and have fun and let us know what you're into and what you thought of um a particular show you listen that would be very much uh, welcome and uh, also click the twitter button to reach our tweets the itunes button to subscribe to our feed and once you're on itunes and familiar with itunes leave a star rating or a written comment that would very much be appreciated and finally you can stream us on stitcher radio either via their website or the application available on the apple app store or google play and i'm going to talk of uh, some things that i've uh, watched recently and um written about uh, partly and uh, when i do write i put it up, put it up on sogoodreviews.com i post basic video reviews on sleazykvideo.com they are not extravagant productions at all i haven't um, gotten the courage to appear on camera I'm not saying it won't happen but uh, currently i'm keeping the production very uh, very small 
And uh, but uh, nevertheless, those are my URLs, and uh, I also tweet over at, at so good reviews. So uh, before uh, we do the review and the actual music break, uh, I, I just made some brief notes of what I've been doing uh, the last week in terms of uh, what I've been watching, and uh, it's not extensive as such, but uh, I thought I'd throw in some uh, some nuggets, uh, what have you. And uh, I have, as some of you may know, a st- still a VHS collection. I uh, started collecting during that era and when i found out about hong kong movies i realized that i could collect them to an extent and i mainly collected uh, through the label made in hong kong the uk label and that was my introduction to a lot of things including uh, the subtitled and therefore cantonese language version of police story i actually had and i still do you can see it from here an older uk vhs of Police story that was uh, cropped, uh, English dubbed, and I think it was based on the shorter international version. Now, there is a full dub for uh, in English for the uncut Hong Kong version, but at one point they either made another dub that corresponded to the short version or it's the same dub, only there are some edits there. I think uh, a couple of the comedic sequences are shortened or taken out uh, completely. For instance, uh, Jackie uh, juggling the phones and answering the phones and uh, talking to his girlfriend at the same time. I think that comedic set piece was not in that version I watched. And uh, there, there, there was a wonderful quote on the back of that VHS. Let me grab it. And the VHS was by, uh, let's see. What's, what's the label? This is interesting. Interesting stuff. I need to know it. It's possibly Polygram. It's, it says artwork is by Carousel Limited, 1994. And uh, uh, 84 minute running time. So yes, it's shortened by maybe 20 minutes or so. But I, I always love the quote uh, from uh, VTW. TV station, maybe? Uh, anyway, quote about police story makes chuck norris and indiana jones look like geriatrics now why this is funny is that they reference an action performer and a fictional character which i always thought was uh, very clever F- furthermore uh, there's uh, some further quotes from vtw ha- uh, underneath the pictures here hong kong hills cop okay fair enough and the very finest action fair enough but um, mixing fiction and uh, real players as you put together your review quotes is either rather lame or quite uh, creative it makes me chuckle though so i had that in the back of my mind that when made in hong kong announced a police story for a release i i got it at christmas i think because i remember showing my grandfather parts of it and uh, he was always uh, interested enough in that stuff even though he was worlds apart from what he liked uh, but um, he you know i maybe watched the initial action sequences with the bus and what have you and uh, I, I fully liked it enough, to be honest. Uh, but uh, this viewing of this uh, old Made in Hong Kong tape, and I had not watched it since that Christmas day, uh, that particular tape. I've seen the movie a half dozen times uh, since then, because it's a good watch. It's an easy watch, a classic watch. This time around, it was quite different. Maybe because I was slightly stoned, but... I felt distressed this time. I, I knew all the action beats and I remember the key stunts, but there, there's always details you pick up. But still, one of the main themes of this viewing was slight, a slightly distressed feeling of the fact that Jackie and these guys are hurting themselves. <laughs> They're hurting themselves. Stop it. Please let them live. And obviously there's some painful 
stunts here that went as they should, even though they were painful, and some stunts that did not go as planned. Obviously, the bus stunt where Jackie's guys hit the pavement, uh, that is still amazing cinematic stuff for our pleasure, but boy, does it hurt. Uh, all of this didn't detract from the fact that this is still a classic movie. And, but but I noticed uh, a couple of things that just sort of passed me by, I think. Uh, the fact that Jackie incorporates some gunplay in this one, some, some fairly gritty and effective and loud gunplay, you know, pre the style John Woo would bring to, to the table. And I appreciated that. I mean, it's not extensively extensively in there but I, I also don't think I appreciated enough the fact that Jackie brings a lot of power to the movie and uh, the fight action and the stunts and it's almost akin to Samo power but with added complex and stunts that just make your jaw drop which is Jackie's um, touch to it all and and, and and certainly the primal rage of of the ending is still something to behold with jackie just uh in insanely just beaten and and he fights back and it's it's a primal animal as you know the movie ends in that sort of way with uh, jackie doing a very unpolice thing of uh punching out our our bad guy so i think it, it, it's it's wonderful isn't it that viewings can you know, give you something additionally uh, infused with herb or not. You know, the seventh or eighth or twelfth, twentieth time around, and and I think I got a few new things out of it that I really, really appreciated. Uh, and 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 I think the main one I attached to is the mentioned uh, power. Now, the VHS geekery uh, doesn't end there because I remember made in Hong Kong they were. Solid in terms of uh, providing us with uh, widescreen uh, subtitles, either from cinema prints or uh, they had newly translated uh, subtitles done. And but by the time Police Story came around, that was a specification that was solid. You knew what you could expect, and I knew. And this is the geekery. I knew Police Story was shot in um, in Cinemascope, uh, two point three five uh, widescreen. And um, I haven't seen it that way, but I knew it was. And certainly the the tape opens up with a widescreen trailer. Fantastic. I love seeing trailers, and that's great. Let's move on to the movie. And for for this particular release, I think Made in Hong Kong went to an an older or alternate source. Because not only is that tape cropped to 1.85, it had... I'm I'm proud of my geekery. I, I noticed this stuff. And it had a different type of uh, subtitle font it certainly wasn't the made in hong kong style that you knew and expected so i'm um, so i'm thinking i mean I, w- I was kind of disappointed that it wasn't as advertised yes it was widescreen but not full widescreen but it was subtitled and that, that was cool to see and fun to see the full version i remember writing i think to someone at made in hong kong i don't know who responded that certainly said, well, we've had no indication that uh, this is supposed to be a wider movie. And, I mean, for heaven's sake, <laughs> there are two trailers on the uh, on the tape, one before and after the movie, that clearly shows a wider frame. So, what are you talking about? You might as well admit the fact that we, we went to another source. I mean, does anyone know if around that time, 95, 96, 97, if uh, Police Story had played on UK TV whatever channel it was, and if it had um, a partially a partial widescreen version, because um, my slight fear is that they got it from there. 
they had a sauce ready and available so they didn't turn to Hong Kong for their sauce but uh, nevertheless that was kind of disappointing I know they did Police Story 2 and I'm quite curious if uh, that was a full widescreen version so so if anyone knows then do let me know I think uh, one listener informed me of the fact that actually Made in Hong Kong did an unusual thing with Police Story on VHS they did a dual release one that was Cantonese language and widescreen and they actually did an English dubbed one as well with the same cover so um I, I haven't pursued and checked if you can get that English dubbed version, but I'm quite curious to see if that actually was uh, full widescreen. Because I know when MIA did dual releases of movies such as Dragon Lord on VHS, they put out a widescreen release in w- with original cinema subtitles in that case, and an English dubbed uh, cropped release. And that was sort of their deal for a while there, but I didn't know Made in Hong Kong went down those routes but hey maybe for a special special title like yeah police story so you um, you wouldn't be surprised if they wanted to grab the market as hard as they could with such an iconic film but i enjoyed watching it again and obviously i own dvd versions that have you know proper widescreen there's even a an hd a proper hd version put out in japan that was uh, based on the slightly longer japanese print that's ended up on fan editions or what have you so i'm sure you can find uh, that edition uh, with subtitles uh, online somewhere but the point uh, the point is that uh, police stories are out there and available thankfully too and uh, there's some fun video uh, videotape history release history to be found so uh, that was a police story i also am, am in the process of uh, i mean I'm, I'm doing it slowly because i'm sometimes i just watch things slowly uh, a few months back maybe half a year at this point uh, because I, i'm into anime i'm into exploring anime not just the adult side but other side that sites that might feel compelling so I got, uh, and I also want to collect, uh, it's sort of my focus right now in terms of collecting anime on Laserdisc, is um, I'm going to get the entire uh, Animego uh, releases on, on Laserdisc. I have a fair few. They did anime, they did samurai uh, movies. Uh, for instance, they did the whole Lone Wolf and Cub series on Laserdisc. I have that, uh, Lady Snowblood, etc. So uh, they mixed live action and anime. And I, I got... Uh, Two box sets plus some additional original video video animations connected to it in a lot. That was of the um, TV series they put out uh, late in the 90s. Uh, I might pronounce this wrong, but uh, what the heck. Uh, Kimaguri Orange Road, which is a comedy, teenage romantic triangle comedy with some supernatural angles to it as well as some psychokinesis style powers uh, is evident in the main character and animego did two big uh, box sets uh, 48 episodes were shown on the tv in 1987 and 1988 as it turned out uh, it's better to own on laserdisc versus dvd because the dvd set when this was later corrected but the dvd set that might be out there used to, they cut out the openings to a fair amount if not all but the first episode uh, the, the the opening credits to these shows they just cut them out on dvd and animego apparently did that or were delivered materials that were like that and it's really a, a sad thing because those openings are fun they got some cool uh, 80s pop tunes on top of them and you know when when you watch tv um whether weekly or um or, or daily yeah, binge watching you you still want that there because it it, it sets the mood so it was a shame that was cut out on the laser disc it's all complete and la- the laser discs are good quality 
so uh, th that's why it is preferable but I, I found myself because I, I haven't pursued as much uh, lighter anime comedic anime and certain you know, TV series uh, that were teenage romances but it is from an era that I enjoy uh, I think I mentioned this was shown in 1987 through 1988 these 48 episodes I'm on like episode 33, 34, 35, something like that. I found myself being very engaged in the triangle at hand here. And it certainly contains its share of goofy episodes and it is very funny. But as someone mentioned on the LaserDisc Forever group that it is also quite a sound honed view of the indecisiveness in a teenager. And it's recognizable in that regard. It's relatable in that regard. It's quite enjoyable overall. Not a lot of, uh, you know, lows. Uh, it's quite comforting to view it by this point. And I'm, I'm rooting for a particular pair to come out of this uh, this uh, relationship. I think the series op ends uh, open-ended. And they produced... Uh, I don't, ha don't know how long after the series one had ended. But they produced maybe seven or eight OVA episodes and then concluded it with a feature movie and I think that was it I mean it certainly wasn't available in manga form so so I don't know if tv series OVA and movies cover the entire run but it seems like it's gonna conclude at the movie and I can't wait because I'm I want it to be a certain way and I have a feeling it's gonna go that way but I'm, I'm engaged and that's certainly something so it goes to show that Something you think is not for you is actually more for you than you you ever you ever could conceive of uh, beforehand, and and certainly not everything is welcoming in that regard. I mean, I I I have said that I I can detest art house movies. It's mostly because I'm not smart enough to understand them and these uh, abstract way of ways of storytelling. But that doesn't mean in that case that I'm gonna venture into it all the time to find the like somewhere in there because sometimes it is simply not there but um, in the case of this Kimaguri Orange Road it was a, a, a nice surprise that it was so engaging and the songs are wonderful I even got uh, they did a bunch of soundtracks for it uh, maybe for for the first third of the series there was a soundtrack and I got that and uh, so I'm engaged uh, in, in that way uh, going all merch crazy on it I'm not sure, and I'm not sure they did a lot of merch for it. It's not a show that lends itself to having tons and tons of action dolls or anything, but I'm sure there was something produced other than soundtracks and t-shirts and mugs and whatever thing that might make sense. So if you if you want a good, fun, breezy, fairly well-animated romantic comedy TV series, animated that is, from Japan, then give uh, Kimaguri Orange Road a chance if you can find it out there. And uh, I'm talking a lot uh, here, but it's uh, quite enjoyable actually. I'm not uh, self-aware at all, uh, because uh, why should you? I mean, you should just trust your strengths and uh, get on with it. But uh, And I hope you enjoy it, but uh, nevertheless, I'm going to end it on... Uh, a more familiar note, I suppose. Not that police story isn't familiar, but uh, I just uh, sort of compiled my quick, quick, quick notes on um, the Donnie Yen movie Kung Fu Jungle, also known as Kung Fu Killers, internationally. So if you go on Netflix, uh, you're, you're, you're going to find it on under that title if you're in the UK, for instance, and even in the US. 
And uh, this is uh, the Donnie Yen movie from 2014, directed by Teddy Chen. And um, it's it's quite okay. I I liked when Paul Fox and uh, David Lamb discussed it on um, the Dynasty Report. And I listened in and uh, tried to get a sense of whether this, whether or not this appealed to me. And I, I thought it uh, I thought it did. And uh, like two years after the show, I finally watched it. I'll, I'll take my time. Uh, it's so much crap in between, so no wonder that uh, it takes me that long to reach it. But hey, it's always been out there. And I remember the, the Paul and David talking of how many cameos there were from directors and the, the dedication to uh, directors that uh, defined Hong Kong cinema. Uh, that that was there at the end of the movie. And uh, I mean, it's it, it's uh, it's as I said, dedicated to a slew of iconic directors and performers that define Hong Kong cinema. And but, but it is a modern martial arts picture, and as made, it isn't a throwback to you know where that dedication starts to make sense and connects to the chosen story at hand here i think it's just a a very valuable nod and you have to make that i think because these people tend to be forgotten he he teddy chan that is even got most of those directors to appear in cameos for the donian vehicle at hand here so and and what it is it's a fun mix of uh, the traditional beats of the martial arts movie but it's set in modern time and uh, donian is a kung fu master that's in prison that knows a thing or two about the continual murder spree of uh, other masters by the character fong yu sao played by wang bao shang so Donnie is let out of jail to assist the police and uh, the investigation is headed by Charlie Young from New Police Story and what have you. The prison brawl before he's uh, let out, that sets the tone action-wise. It has decent clarity as shot, the camera work and all of that, decent uh, brutality. And the movie then unashamedly, and it's a good, th- it's a good thing, goes high concept on us uh, with uh, wires and martial arts abilities. And it really feels a bit like the martial world. The supernatural martial world intruding on our real one, but that's an easy buy because of the energy provided by, in particular, our villain played by Wang Bao Shang. Also, when we understand the reasoning behind this killing spree, Teddy has managed to sort of strike a fun balance between the traditional and uh, the motivation, but in a new package, you know, the old in a new package. It doesn't attempt to make that meaningful. It's not a great meaningful statement. But uh, there's some stuff in there, uh, some subtext in there that's somewhat valuable. You know, how you navigate the world with your martial arts, where skill can and should take you. And that's entertaining to have in this merging of style and settings. When trying to be dramatic with uh, this and the backstories, though, the movie is pretty flat. And I, I was quite sad also. To see Charlie Young, who I think is a wonderful actress. Uh, she, she's given, you know, a very standard cop role with no interesting layers or beats or dialogue to work with, really. Um, and I thought I was ashamed that she couldn't uh, be provided with something a little bit more interesting. Um, so, so, so the cop procedural of, the, of it all isn't that interesting. But overall, the, the merging of uh, elements and styles uh, plus the modern action picture is quite entertaining i've heard people say that uh, they think it's one of donnie's uh, better movies of uh, the last four years or something i thought it was um, very entertaining and uh, a good watch if you haven't seen it and i'm sure all of you have it's just me that's late to the party so that's um, it for now i thought i'd uh, 
stuff the episode with some some stories of uh, what's been watched and some observations uh, lately so uh, because uh, the review section is not necessarily huge or anything so i thought i'd uh, have a little two-parter within one here and uh, this is the first part now concluded and uh, we're gonna take a musical break and after that i'll be back to discuss gordon chan's 2017 period war epic god of war And welcome back, and uh, this is the review of this episode, the sole movie review, even though I've sort of talked two other movies, but uh, the, the new movie review, of, if you will, is God of War from 2017, and it's from director Gordon Chan, and the plot is from IMDb. During the 16th century, Japanese pirates uh, proliferate along the Chinese uh, coastline. In 1557, the pirates take over Sengang in Shejiang. After months of futile, futile advances, uh, Commander Yu, played by Sammo Hong, finally defeats them. Uh, and uh, that defeat is done also under the leadership of newly promoted General Xi, played by Vincent Zhao. The pirates, however, manage to escape. And uh, four years later, in 1561, the pirates regroup and once again attack the coastal cities of China. With both the cities of Xinhe and Taishao under attack, General Xi's army is caught between two fires, essentially. And I'll I'll keep it at that. It's a a fairly approachable plot. It's not too complex. Uh, Once you get into it, uh, the the conflict is very... um, very simple. So, and uh, as for a short opinion of it, it's a perfectly possible period effort and war movie that uh, comes to life more when director Gordon Chan focuses on his veteran players. So, uh, there's some additional nuance there when that focus is uh, present, uh, and it's more anonymous outside of all of that, and even a bit passive as made, considering the content at hand. So, outside of the veterans, average. Within the veterans, there's a lot more to be. Uh, Entertained by, and there's a lot more. There's a lot more uh, watchable uh, stretches here. So yes, Gordon Chan uh, made God of War, and it's it's him working in China, and he's been doing so for a little while. Uh, I mean, we we have a history with Gordon as Hong Kong film fans, going back to the Yuppie Fantasia movies, Fight Back to School, Fist of Legend, the Fist of Fury remake, and uh, Beast Cops, of course, later on, 2080, made a medallion with Jackie Chan. So he's been prolific and been doing different things. And working in China tends to be an ugly word. And its commercialism isn't always that enticing to to me personally. I'm not going to speak for Hong Kong film fans, of course, but... Uh, it, it it can be kind of sad when Hong Kong directors aren't or can't be in the game for the Hong Kong movie anymore. So that's why China keeps calling. That's where the money is. That's where the commercialism is. And battlefield movies are there as well. Uh, period war movies. And to me, those can be quite anonymous. It's not my go-to genre in uh, these cases. I like a good war movie, but there's different kinds of war movies, obviously. So so it's not my go-to movie, but I gave it a chance. Uh, I wanted to form my own opinion and to see how and if it elevates uh, the game it's playing here. Uh, I, I had a chuckle initially because, um, <laughs> you, you know, co-productions have companies. So 
you used to see maybe you know if you watch a western movie you see columbia's tristar plus uh, the director's production company you know if you see a ridley scott movie you normally see uh, the scott free logo on there and boom then the movie starts and we get the credit sequence but not in this movie <laughs> i think i counted six or seven logo animations before we get the black background white text presented by blah 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 and in that presented by blah 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 there's eight companies so we might have had eight logo animations which is borderlining on parody i know they have to do it but it's um you, you want to get the move damn movie started already so but anyway there is exposition in terms of where we are in the timeline i don't know if any of this is historically uh, proven to be uh, true if these characters existed i have no idea but the the crucial battleists versus uh, japanese pirates and it has a decently gritty start as uh, the chinese uh, forces are essentially mowed down as they try to um, approach this um, this fort that the japanese pirates have uh, taken or the fort that they've uh, built and uh, gordon uses some quite nice shots to confirm the tight scale of it all there's a quite a good overhead shot that shows this scale is um you know they're, they're approaching something smaller rather than being on a big battlefield and it has a gory touch to some degree in the design it's not overly computer generated in terms of blood although that is there and there's impalements that uh, are computer generated and things like that but thankfully gordon didn't use um nor his action team used slow motion moments to um, emphasize those moments because um that would be the CGI blood on screen, you know, for several seconds in 3D style or something like that. So it, it wasn't slow motion distracting, um, but by no means the next best um, evolvement in uh, providing computer generated blood on screen. It, it, it certainly certainly isn't that, but I continue to watch it because Samuel looks great. Uh, veteran presence looks great in the suit and armor. And Yasuaki Karata is another veteran presence who looks great. And here's your key to enjoyment. Watch the veterans. Watch the veterans elevate. And watch Gordon Chan look very comfortable as a director of acting and spectacle when the viewfinder is on the veterans. That's uh, something I, you know, I could have expected that. But I didn't expect it to be that enjoyable. I sort of bro- I cracked a smile and, ah, boy are they good. I mean, they're still good they've been around forever now they can act you know they're just not uh, action guys and they, they certainly never were uh even 20 years or 30 years ago these guys showcased acting chops there's uh, a fair amount of exposition after the initial attempt to crack the fort uh, between uh, the japanese characters so we get a fair amount of japanese dialogue here i think most of it sounded uh, it sounded sync sound certainly sounded live anyway so and but, but most of the movies post dubbed um, in the mandarin uh, outside of that um, the japanese you know the young and old characters are talking of the, their superiority of course and uh, what uh, but, but also what they and especially karata's character what is to be feared out there uh, because he knows general chi the new general he is uh, a good strategist uh, he has a feeling that he is uh, and there's something to be admired about that and he is a character karata's that can sit in a room and be quiet and only speak in intervals and make it meaningful and say the right crucial sometimes poignant thing for the sake of strategy and how that is a key part um 
so he isn't a shouty character. So certainly the shouty characters are, you know, the likes of the Ronins that are brought in here to fight alongside the pirates. And uh, so there's internal conflict. Um, they're, they're certainly over in the Chinese camp. Also, the issue of young and old and how patient some are in the name of strategy. And uh, so you have that little back and forth established as well. Uh, the costumes and production quality is expectedly you know, good and high, but it's not visually bursting at you because I don't know if it's a matter of um, knowing there's so many movies of this kind here. It's hard to be su- out there. It's hard to be surprised anymore. But it, it sort of feels like, well, it's a, everybody did a good job on this mainland epic, but it's not bursting through the screen in a design sense. Uh, uh, as the movie rolls along, the Chinese soldiers are they are depicted as human. They are not trained well enough, seemingly. They're just, they're just sent out as uh, as disposable um, soldiers, so it's established that little bit of fear. But also the patience in the Chinese camp via uh, Vincent Chow's character is present here as well. I uh, just spoke of how the patience is there in the Japanese camp uh, in the leader of it all. Thankfully, the, the cackling villains are not at the head of it all, um, is the point. And in fact, the calmness is, you know, the soft-spoken authority is not um, by any means bad authority or anything. And I think uh, Vincent Chow is apt at that as a performer. So he, I, I think he does uh, decently well, too. And, and it continues to be fairly compelling because all of this takes place on small battlefields. You know, again, the front of the fort, because uh, they do try and take it... Uh, at least two times the the second time they blow up um, this bridge and they manage to storm the fort that way and that's a good little beat and it, it starts and or rather continues that theme of the battles feeling somewhat claustrophobic and uh, we got contained battlefield vistas which is perhaps a key to feel a little bit more empathy towards characters when you see a, a bit a few more characters so, granted it's still the veterans that you feel most for but it, it's a choice i think that that's interesting it's a characteristic that drives uh, this outside of the core characteristics of uh, the veterans, uh, providing some, you know quite decent and noticeable uh, noticeable acting. There is some action here, some action choreography, fight action choreography, and Samo fighting in the big armor. Expectedly, he moves in a clunky fashion. That thing look that thing looks uh, heavy and it's uh, restrictive in your. Uh, in terms of your uh, movements, it would have you. But uh, Samu is present, and uh, I enjoy seeing him in this type of movie. I don't think I've seen him uh, do this kinds of movies uh, personally. I mean, I did, he did that movie with Andy Lau and Maggie Q a few years ago. Resur- Resurrection of the Dragon, was that it? Four years ago, five years ago, six years ago. So, so maybe that was good. I think Daniel Lee made that, uh, uh, made that movie. And I, I, at one point, uh, unless I misunderstood it, but I, this was probably it, the leaders of it all that oversee the battles politically and uh, in terms of strategy to a degree they decide to impeach Samuel's uh, character despite being part of a victory uh, so th- th- there's political power struggles here that might drive a young god and the old god apart uh, wrongly and uh, because they, they, they're they not enemies as such uh, Vincent Chow and Samuel Hung's character, they, characters they seem to want to uh, get knowledge from each other's uh, respective uh, perspectives. Uh, there's a lot to learn from a veteran, obviously. And um, so, so Samuel is actually maybe in the movie a third, and then he's out of the picture. It, there's also the need to study weapons and strategies, including uh, 
uh, guns and uh, by making that accessible an accessible part of the story I think Gordon Chan continues his decent focus to provide that very thing accessibility and also keeping the story small enough to be um, appreciated and uh, Samu is great uh, in when he when he is in jail uh, a few sequences later there's dignity there in him despite being impeached and uh, Vincent Chow and Samu Hong they clearly do admire each other and they challenge each other to a friendly staff fight which is um, probably the highlight for Hong Kong movie fans to be honest to see Samo in a weapons fight and Vincent Chow I think is popular enough to make this uh, a two-hander if you will that's watchable and uh, there's a good sense of uh, us being able to view i.e. it being shot well these staff exchanges it's not overly modern as shot and um, so it feels like uh, I mean there's not a whole lot of slow motion I remember but certainly there's a clarity here Samo I think looks great Samo I think looks great and it's a little bit of a treat as a sequence but it's essentially his last scene so um, that brings in the problem that we lose Samo because I like Samo and it's not always easy to connect to the Chinese side you know the outside players are outside of Vincent Chow and who is pulling in what direction and uh, in terms of do we believe in our leader should we believe in our leader you have to believe in our leader but okay uh, by that point I was aiming for basic coherence and I think I got that Um, uh, but so all of this is outside of the core that's weaker and within the core we we got some stronger beats and and, uh, including uh, showing Vincent Chow and his wife um, having playful life as intimate uh, partners they even arm wrestle in a later sequence so they're they're equals in a in a in a way and he is also general chi an encouraging general general he's not a tyrant that attitude is the key for heroism in this case this positive drive and he, he portrays it quite oddly humor which is an a, a decent beat i quite liked it he, he's affected by you know the man's banter how to treat your wife if she's not obedient uh, you gotta show her the man but general chow or general chi played by vincent chow his general is not that character thankfully he uh, he's more of a progressive mind so he never he never goes with his men sort of like yeah you gotta do this man but it needs bigger spectacle and meaningful oomph to enhance our two however it's a two-hour movie and again outside of that core as i mentioned there's not a whole lot that's quite emotionally affecting i mean we see soldiers departing from their families and there, there's uh, characters we don't connect to i mean timmy hung samo's son was in it somewhere i don't think i necessarily went aha there he is now i can focus on him as a character and be connected to him dramatically no that wasn't it and that scene where these characters leave their families that it's such a forced melodramatic beat with strings violins on the soundtrack because we don't know these characters they are not distinctive enough so that falls flat outside of the characters we um, enjoy but there are enjoyable war beats uh, i like when uh, the tide turns in terms of the countermeasure to the approaching ronins and uh, general chi continues to be this commander that's has he has an enjoyable calm and that's played that's played well by vincent without spoiling it i mean it was the latter parts of the say of the movie there is the issue of uh, families departing and that means vincent chow and his wife 
And it seems like they're both resigned in, in quiet agreement, a non-verbal agreement that the Chinese might lose. They're underpowered. Uh, but, but strategy and country comes first. And th- that's fairly subtle in a way. And uh, those uh, concluding fights during the last 30, 40 minutes or whatever, they continue to be in tight quarters. And, you know, as the Chinese withstand arrow, arrows and gunfire and these bamboo pole formations that is about like pushing them apart and getting uh, the shields apart as well so the arrows can actually hit them uh, those are good little uh, good little beat uh, because the movie has been a bit passive in feel within the uh, battle sequences it's not particularly loud it's more matter of fact and that hasn't always been effective but now it's going for more noise in the battles it's it, it is better therefore when it's matter of fact um, you know, it's it's the distress of being pinned down in in this section that makes it effective, engaging, and more grittier the wear and tear this situation presents, and uh, that's good. I didn't buy, and maybe I don't know, maybe I wasn't paying attention, but I didn't buy the fact that we have a the wife of Vincent Charles. She has to transform herself into a, more of a military savvy wife because she needs to pr- protect another city, and that's a good idea. And I, I like how it brings in the themes of love, devotion, country, sacrifice within one. But it is fast-tracked. And some of those battles are entertaining on the surface, but dramatically it is fast-tracked and not as um, impactful as uh, clearly Gordon Chan was aiming uh, aiming for it to be. As the movie um, continues and uh, towards its end, it's, uh, the tone is more violent and has, has gone from more passive to active, which is good. I switch between good and bad, good and bad, good and bad. So because we have good stretches and then Gordon Chan sort of fails at other stretches. So General Chi has trained these soldiers too who didn't believe in themselves and now they do. He's given birth and bred a new army. And that's pretty basic and understandable but it's also fast-tracked again and that means it isn't impactful. It just seems like it is. Because Yasuhaki Kurata says so in a philosophical way, as he observes. It is flawed, but fast enough, two hours, and also there is enjoyment in Gordon Chan appearing more confident and has more, he has more impactful direction when focusing on the veteran cast and uh, the elevated stakes that occur within those characters and their drama, even though you know the husband and wife thing as i said isn't necessarily good but there is oh great it's basic but uh there clearly is um more of an interest and um confidence uh, put forth by gordon chan as he uh, focuses on karata and vincent chow and all of that so uh karata in particular i think sort of runs away with this movie uh, he's, he looks great and uh completely comf- comfortable and got this veteran presence that just uh, is uh in entirely and immediately watchable so good in some areas shaky in others and as for, as for availability on october 16th which is um, at the time of recording this is the 14th i'm aiming to put this show out fairly quickly so uh, hopefully the same week as this has been released in the uk from uh, or by kaleidoscope entertainment um, is, uh, you'll hear this show it will be available on dvd blu-ray and video on demand and uh, i want to thank fetch publicity for arranging the screener for review so that was enjoyable to be on the receiving end of a screener in the screening online screen (laughs) i'm I'm so geeky in the online screening room so yeah yeah that was fun 
But uh, in the meantime, let's sign off. I think this ran longer than I thought, and I, I hope this wasn't um, too rambling or anything. And um, regardless, uh, as to bring it around, the theme of conceiving and, ex- and executing, and don't don't think too much of whether it reached, you know, a four out of five level. Your particular creativity, the fact that you did, you conceived, executed, should. Uh, I mean, I'm proud that I did this, and it sh- you should be very proud in regards to whatever creativity you're doing, whether it's by yourself or with other people. So always remember that. Conceived, executed, and reflect on that, and then do it again. So I might do this again, but in the meantime, this is the time to sign off. Uh, go to podcastonfire.com for all your Podcast on Fire network needs, including access to all our other shows. This has been a Hong Kong one on uh, cinema, new and old. Uh, email us if you have any questions or feedback. Le- uh, let me know how this uh, how this sounded. And uh, our email address is podcastonfire at googlemail.com. Links to our social media is present at the very top of our website, the handy buttons. And uh, that is pretty much it. Uh, join us over on iTunes, of course. Subscribe and stream us on Stitcher Radio and all of that. And our tweets are available at podcastonfire. But enough of me for now. I hope you enjoyed. Thank you very much, everybody, and uh, have a good one.